Welcome to Talk Story, and I'm your host, Dave Dwan, and it's good to be back in the studio. Well, studio is a very loose word. We're at the kitchen table, and this is season one, episode two, and my guest this today is Libby Cunniff. Libby's a, a wife, mother, and business owner, and she deals with uh, a lot of issues regarding uh, allergies, and her daughter has got an EpiPen. But before we get into that, I'm just going to ask Libby to give me a little bit of background about herself, where she went to school and things like that. So Libby, tell me, where, did, where were you born and where did you go to school? I was born in Belclutha, down the bottom of the South Island, and I went to a multitude of schools um, in Timaru, Wellington, Christchurch, uh, finally ending up at Villa Maria College in Christchurch. Great. And what did you do after Villa? Did you go to university or did you study? I went to Teachers College, what was Teachers College at the time, it's now University of Canterbury, uh, and studied my Bachelor of Teaching and Learning in Early Childhood Education. And where did you take that to? What do you mean by that? Overseas, local? Oh, local, started local and then moved to Perth and did a little bit of teaching over in Perth before moving back and settling down here. And so when you say settling down here, what does that mean? So my now husband and I uh, came home to settle down with our three children. So we've got three children, Sophia aged eight, Harper aged five and Archie aged four. Okay, so what do you do? I am, my qualification is an early childhood educator or teacher. Um, However, I actually am now a business owner. So own three early childhood centres and a early childhood consultancy business. Where are the um, centres? Two in Christchurch, one Rolleston, one Casebrook, and one in Blenheim. Okay. So the title of this podcast is Living, uh, The Pen is Mightier Than the Sword. So tell me a little bit about the allergies that affect you and your family. So the main ones and when my eyes were open to allergies were for my oldest daughter, Sophia. Um, it initially came about when she was about six weeks old. We knew that there was something going on with her. Um, and that's when the dairy allergy we were told about. Um, from there, she had a range of other allergies uh, from things as simple as wheat and sesame and soy right up to anaphylaxis for all nuts and dairy uh, and things like that. Um, so for Sophia, it's very, very severe. I have also got intolerances as do Harper and Archie. Uh, those are much more mild than what Sophia has to deal with. Uh, however, they do impact our day-to-day living due to what we can and can't eat. Okay, so going back to the the allergies, is, is that a family thing? Is there other members of the family and the wider family that have the same condition? Yep, so my husband Clinton, his older brother Jason, he has allergies to fish and egg. Uh, and on my mother's side, my cousins, so uh, two cousins who are younger than me, have peanut and cat allergies as well. So they both carry EpiPens for those. Uh, Jason, who is on my husband's side, he doesn't have to carry an EpiPen for his. Okay, so there was also discussion around a twisted bowel. Was that, is that a family thing as well? <laughs> yes, that is. It's a fun one. So that is uh, genetically passed down from my maternal grandmother. So... My mum's mum had that, and my mum had that, and I also have that. Are you a carrier, or are you actually... No, I have it. Yeah. Okay. So it's uh, Nana and mum both had to have surgery because of it. I, at this point, don't, but it is on the cards eventually. So how do you, on a day-to-day basis, manage uh, buying food, preparing meals, and knowing that your daughter, Sophia, is going to be safe in, in her uh, school environment? I think it's just been learning 
as I go. I think in regards, I don't know if luck's the right word, but it was quite good that Sophia was my first child because I that's all we've known for since I've had children. So dealing with it was just a learning journey and there was many, many trial and errors along the way. Um, lots of baking disasters, lots of cooking disasters, uh, many appointments with doctors, trips to hospitals, things like that. School, basically it just you have to put the trust in the teachers and you have to put the trust in into your child to know that they are aware of their signs and symptoms and, and they can ask for help when they need it. So do they have any un- underlying conditions, like they're not over- overweight or obese or they... No, they're the opposite end of the scale. And what does that mean? Um, underweight because the foods that Sophia can eat are not carb heavy, so therefore she burns through everything quite quickly. Okay, so that being the case, um, so that's very interesting. Tell me then on a shopping day, what sort of things are you typically buying at the supermarket? Our main expense or main part of our shopping comes from fruit and veggies. That's predominantly where we need to do uh, our, our biggest shop. They, all three children do tend to go through a lot of fruit and veggies, which is great. Uh, I also then look at the better cuts of meat. Um, so the fillet steak in comparison to a rump steak, things like that, just to try and beef up what she is eating. Beef up, very good. Yeah, very funny, very witty. Uh, but that's pretty much it. So lots of meat, veggies, fruit, that's pretty much what she eats okay. and what we all eat. They seem pretty active and happy kids. So this, is, this isn't in particular with Sophia. She's very agile and does mm-hmm. gymnastics and ballet and all sorts of different things. So it doesn't impact on, on her life as most people would perhaps indicate it could do? Yeah, it hasn't impacted on her life, but I think that's because we normalise it very much. It's not something that is taboo. We speak about it openly, um, and I just have always treated Sophia as a normal, for want of a better word, a normal child, and therefore just because she has some additional needs doesn't mean that we should restrict anything else that she can do. That's excellent, yeah. And she seems very gregarious and outgoing, and I guess also she's... I also pick up that she's aware of what she can and can't eat herself. Very much. And we did go through some phases where it was an attachment thing, so she needed to have me around to feel safe, and I can completely understand that. Um, After watching her go through anaphylaxis and what that emotionally and physically does to her and to me or anyone else watching is quite hard... Uh, and it has a big impact on both of us afterwards. So I can see why she has some fear to a certain extent around it. Mm. So this is something she won't grow out of? No. Okay. So for you as a mum growing up with this and, and living with this, how do you manage it yourself? I guess it's, uh, again, it's just choices that we make. I know what I can and can't eat. I choose to eat better options based upon those things that I can eat. Uh, it's very easy to eat the cheap, nasty snacks because they generally don't contain goodness, so therefore there are no allergens in them. Um, but we just choose as a family to buy the better things to make sure that we can stay as healthy as we can based upon our restrictions. That's good. So look, hey, look, I'm just going to wind things up here. Thanks so much for your time and, and input on this conversation. It's been a it's been an interesting journey you've been on and obviously it's going to get remain to be of an of interesting as well so what's one or two things you'd advise parents who have something similar or uh, have allergies and how would they how would you recommend they could deal with that 
Uh, I think just as you would if you had a child who could eat normal things, look at what the look at what they they can have and make the best choices based upon the things that they can have. And I think the biggest thing for me with anyone who's got what I like to call additional needs rather than anything else is that they just want to be included regardless of what those needs are. Mm, that's good advice. Well, thank you so much for joining the show and hopefully we'll catch up again soon. And stay tuned for next week because we've got next week we've got uh, a principal by the name of Craig Mullen coming on the show and the title of the show is that there's a principal involved. Craig is... Uh, a primary school teacher in North Canterbury and he's decided to take uh, a little bit of a leave of absence from teaching and do something completely different which is his passion and we'll be talking to him about that next week. In the meantime, stay happy and stay healthy. Thanks for listening.